0: Is this about This
1: is the wonderful time of my life oh, Let me tell you something I it's raining and the people are so kind to stay in the And I afraid it is. I'm going to feel happy. Oh, yeah. Just to know we can study the rain and sing. And the people are so sweet to stay here. And I come in on them. A... Let me tell you what I come in on
2: Join American Cruise Lines on an extraordinary journey along the Columbia and Snake Rivers. Beautiful. Pardon that interruption.
3: Sitting in the morning sun I'll be sitting when the evening comes Watching the ships roll in Then I watch them roll away again Sitting on a dock of the bay Watching the tide roll away Thank you Sitting on a dock of the bay Wasting time Hey, hey. Thanks now I left my home Georgia Heading for that Briscoe Bay I had Nothing to live for Looked like nothing Gonna come my way Oh I'm just a- Sitting on the dock of the bay Watching the tide. Roger, really? I got all this.
2: are tuned to Mutiny Radio, mutinyradio.fm, or we're just beginning the labor and love show. The show where we tell you how it is. If one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table. The negotiating table, that is, where you work. You're on the menu. And never, but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. And when I say labor, I mean you. Labor and Love Radio, where the labor meets the road. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Labor and Love Radio, right smack dab in the middle of what's called... Black History Month, as if blacks didn't have history at other times. Kind of a funny thing we do here. We have different months for people's history, whereas their history is going on all the time, all around them all, around us. The last one you heard there was a beautiful rendition of the Black National Anthem. Lift Every Voice and Sing, a poem by James Weldon Johnson, and that was Charles Lloyd on sax. And then there was Dock of the Bay, which is a remarkable recording by a group called Playing for Change. In this case, they... had people all around the world playing the song and they spliced together different pieces of their of their work. So you've got about 10-15 people playing on that song and uh it's very very well spliced together. The, the uh, guitar solo, one of them is a guy in Italy sitting on his on his uh, boat in Venice, I guess, I don't know. And before that, the redoubtable Sister Rosetta Tharp with Didn't It Rain. And I'm going to play one more of Rosetta Tharp right now. Here you go.
1: Forever and ever until I leave this world, but I kind of feel trouble. The train is gone, but I'm going to catch the next one. Troubling love. I'm blue But I won't be blue always Because the sun is going to shine
2: Okay, Sister Rosetta Tharp. I just had to play that one. This is The B, and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio. And our physical presence is 2781 21st Street, in the heart of the mission. Mutiny Radio is much more than just a radio station. It's a community arts center. It's a place where people come and celebrate their and other people's art. That art includes comedy. It includes graphic arts like painting and collages. We've always got an installation going on here. We have ongoing comedy shows. Places where you can come and work on your stand-up comedy. And we've also got Labor and Love, your weekly labor magazine got carried away there with uh, my introduction Um, those pieces the best music the best poetry is stuff, stuff that's universal that a lot of people can relate to and a song like Dock of the Bay by Otis Redding so it was written in what 1967 relates to the experience of African American people coming north and looking for a better life during the war, whenever dock of the bay, and then you get stuck, nothing's going my way. And Lift Every Voice and Sing by Charles Lloyd. Uh, I'd like to play later on a a version with words. The words are very beautiful, very inspiring. What do we got on this week? Well, we got Martin Luther King. I want him to give us a talk here. Forgotten radical message for economic justice. As we keep telling you over and over, On this show and and elsewhere, people are telling you, King was a radical. King was a socialist, basically. Um, He could see the next between economic justice and social justice. I mean, what good does it do if I can lie down next to you on the beach if I can't afford to go to the beach? So here's King. This is his last speech, but it's a part that's not. This is
4: Democracy played. Now! DemocracyNow.org. The Warren Peace Amy Report. Goodman. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez.
5: Well, it was 50 years ago today when Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. gave his last speech. He was shot dead less than 24 hours later in Memphis. We're joined now by two. Uh, civil rights icon, Reverend James Lawson, who was the pastor of Centenary Methodist Church in Memphis in 1968, and historian Michael Honey, author of the new book, To the Promised Land, Martin Luther King and the Fight for Economic Justice. Uh, Michael Honey, I'd like to begin with you and ask you about the... uh, Much in your book is about the labor dimension of uh, Martin Luther King's civil rights struggle. And in one part of the book, you talk about the SCLC convention in 1966, um where— among the, uh, among the resolutions that the SCLC passed was for a $2 an hour of, uh, federal minimum wage, for uh, abolition of portions of the Taft-Hartley Act, a 14B, that, uh, that uh, basically prevented uh, closed shops for a, a national guaranteed income. These were all labor planks that were uh, part of the direction and the thrust of a civil rights organization. You talk about the evolution of that consciousness in Martin Luther King, Jr.
6: Most people don't know that Dr. King was a strong union supporter from his earliest days. And as Dr. uh, Reverend Lawson was just saying, you know, it's part of the social gospel about uh, raising up people on the bottom, the least of these. And King worked with uh, major unions from the Montgomery bus boycott onward. The United Packing House Workers uh, especially came to his aid. And also the United Auto Workers Union, International Longshoremen's Union. He was in touch with eight or ten different unions, and he spoke at their conventions regularly. And people would call him up from Atlanta saying we need somebody out here on the picket line with us in New York City for $1, 1199 Hospital Workers Union, would you come? And he would come, speak on the mm-hmm. picket line. Uh, he helped to uh, lead a strike of scripto workers in Atlanta, 800 black women in 1964, right after he came back from Oslo getting the uh, Nobel Peace Prize. So he was a labor man and union people know this. Uh, he, When he died in 68, Uh, Workers all over the country uh, walked out. Uh, The West Coast got shut down by the longshore workers. The longshore workers in Louisiana and the Deep South went on strike. Uh, There were observances everywhere. Uh, King is a a labor man, and after he died, Coretta King uh, was arguing for... A national holiday. She said it would be the first national holiday for somebody who gave his life in a labor struggle. So she understood that totally.
4: Um, Michael, honey, can you talk about King's early life and um, how he learned the importance of economic justice in his family?
6: One of the things I point out in the book, uh, it's called To the Promised Land, and so the question is, what is the promised land? You know, mm-hmm. when he made that statement in Memphis, uh, people in the audience understood what he was saying. Uh, it came out of his whole life's experience, but his whole family's experience. His great-grandparents were slaves. A number of them were slaves. Uh, his his grandparents were sharecroppers and poor people who migrated to the city, his Father was a a poor man from uh, the rural areas of Georgia who migrated to the city of Atlanta with nothing in his pocket. And of course, Martin Luther King Jr. was born in 1929 at the beginning of the Great Depression. And so he lived through the 30s as a young man, surrounded by neighborhoods that were quite poor. In fact, the Scripto strike in 1964 was in his neighborhood. A lot of those people, a lot of those women, were uh, his church members. So the Christian social gospel was something that his father adhered to deeply, and his grandfather also. This is what religion meant in the black church in the Deep South, was uh, taking care of each other. And this is what Dr. King did. And so working with unions and working with the sanitation workers was completely appropriate To everything else that he was doing,
7: Reverend Lawson. Yes, Uh, let me say. Yeah, let me also say that, in actual fact, the the Negro spiritual, a huge collection of music that slaves sang. That, according to the historian Frederick Douglass, being one of them, the slave was forced to sing so that that would signify to the white overseers and to the plantation owner where they were on the plantation. That huge collection of original music in the United States, sung by the slave, had a number of major themes. One of the major themes was from the book of Exodus of the Bible, Go down, Moses. Tell O Pharaoh, let my people go. So it, it is out of that music that the black religious experience has been very different from uh, mainline or majority Christian religion in the United States. Uh, uh, tens of thousands of those songs are available. Uh, not in their total form, but in various pieces of poetry and liturgy. So I maintain economic justice is at the heart of slave religion, which is why the Underground Railroad, why slaves were constantly getting out of slavery. My own great-great-grandparents, my great-grandfather was an escaped slave into the area of Guelph, Ontario in Canada through the Underground Railroad. So, economic justice, social justice, the dignity of every person is inherent in my understanding and King's understanding of the gospel of Jesus. Uh, I, I rarely ever speak of social gospel. That's an academic term that was developed at the turn of the 20th century. I speak of the whole gospel of Jesus. Much of Christianity rejects the teaching
6: of Jesus, the teacher, the prophet. And uh And going back to the 1966 SCLC convention, uh, SCLC uh, was engaged along with A. Philip Randolph and many other people in uh, framing an economic bill of rights for the disadvantaged which included a range of things that would uh, bring about uh, some way to counter the effects of slavery and segregation. That's on the agenda now. Uh, It's not accidental that these high rates of poverty are in Memphis uh, among the black population. And we had 40 million poor people in King's Day. We have 40 million poor people today the uh, economic bill of rights was: how do we address all of those and we're issues? We're going to
4: talk about the economic and bill of that's rights. on the agenda in now. part two of our discussion. We'll post it online at democracynow.org as a web exclusive. Our guests: Reverend James Lawson and Michael Honey, historian. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez.
0: Okay,
2: there's uh, Amy Goodman talking about, not not Goodman, Michael Honey, the author, and James Lawson, the civil rights organizer, talking about King's labor connection. He was a labor guy, and by now most people know that he was killed in connection with uh, labor action. So let's see. Let me get uh... here. We go. All right. Um, another great labor leader, <clears throat> African American leader was a, name, a, a man named uh, A. Philip Randolph Randolph unlike King was not connected to the church he was uh, a magazine editor, a socialist and he along with other people like uh, C.R. Dellums in Oakland uh, several other people Organized the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. At the time, Sleeping Car Porters was a a black job. Black men got it because the whole uh, structure of service to whites. And um, A. Philip Randolph was able to organize the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, the first mostly black union finally in 1934, recognized by the FL-CIO. Here's uh, A. Philip Randolph giving a Labor Day speech.
8: A. Philip Randolph.
9: to do something for itself. I consider the fight for the black masses to be the greatest service that I can render to my people. And the fight alone is my complete compensation. My name is A. Philip Randolph. The A stands for Acer. I was born April 15, 1889, in Crescent City, Florida. I am the youngest of two sons, and both my mother and father were the descendants of slaves. I began my political career in the socialist politics of the 1920s Harlem Renaissance. I have long fought for equal opportunity for black workers and for economic progress for all workers through trade unions regardless of race, color, nationality, sex or political or religious beliefs. Not everyone agreed with the vision of racial progress through and struggles for economic independence in the tough stages of organizing the first march on Washington to integrate the country's defense industries in 1941 for instance Arthur W. Mitchell then a black representative of the US Congress from Chicago called me the most dangerous Negro in And many other brothers and sisters across the United States, undaunted and unafraid, fired by the vision of better days of economic justice, organized the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters in the sacred name of truth and righteousness against the Pullman companies' despotic company union known as the Employees' Representation Plan, which is company organized, company owned, and company controlled. This was considered the first major effort to unionize the Pullman Company. In the eyes of some people, the effort to organize the Pullman Porters appeared to be too Herculean. Yes, visionary. Downing Thomas's rushed forward to advise that it was impracticable, suicidal, folly. Impossible. But our answer? We have organized. and made it possible for the Brotherhood to present the porters' case. Despite the unlawful intimidation practiced by the company upon the porters to compel them, the porters, to act against their own interests, the porters are standing strong and in meetings from coast to coast have resolutely signified their desire to push forward with their fight to secure and manhood rights. Mm -hmm. Our goal is victory. We will win victory. The Pullman Company may delay us, but they cannot defeat us. Ours will be a victory for solidarity, a victory for truth, a victory for justice, a victory for courage, a victory for manhood a victory for righteousness, a victory for the race. If white men have to organize to get more wages, then surely race men will have to organize to get more wages and better working conditions. Out of the miserable depths of indescribable economic wage pauperism, the Brotherhood of Pullman Porters, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters is steadily raising the then to a high plane of challenging and commanding power the Brotherhood came with a definite industrial plan to provide supper and solace to the distracted disheartened disorganized and despairing for we struggled with the company for 12 long years the post company was the most powerful business organization in the country and viciously resisted every effort to unionize we had many setbacks, but the Brotherhood prevailed. The Brotherhood's courageous battle won the admiration of many labor and liberal leaders. President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal guaranteed workers the right to organize and required corporations to with the AFL and was finally granted an international charter. In 1937, the Brotherhood, which remained in the AFL, finally was given a contract from the Pullman Company, the first contract between a company and a black union. was the end of one struggle and the beginning of many others. From organizing for jobs on the home front during World War II, to the fight for desegregation of the armed forces, the defense industries, and government jobs, to the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in 1963, where I stood along with some of the other organizers of the March on Washington, Bayard Rustin, Roy Wilkins, James Farmer, Young, John Lewis, and Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., and declared, fellow Americans, we are gathered here today in the large demonstration of the history of this nation. Let the nation and the world know the meaning of our numbers. We are not a pressure group. We are not an organization or a group of organizations. We are not a mob. We are the advance guard of a
2: That was a Philip Randolph giving a short history of his uh, efforts and others to organize the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters. Here's John Lee Hooker.
0: Hooker. <laughs> here. Here. Sure. Got a side man named
2: Carlos Santana and a singer named Eddie James, so he should be doing. It.
9: I don't want nobody with you now I don't want nobody but you
3: Nobody can love, no one can love Like you do, 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 baby Twist. Hi!
2: Get Edda James, but we got John Lee Hooker, Carlos Santana, look like um, Elvin Bishop, and the redoubtable, redoubtable John Lee Hooker. It's called Blues Boogie Jam. It's the Labor and Love Show. Till about eleven. Still got a ways to go. How about some weekend blues?
10: You ain't got the door in me If you want a house so or far That won't do nobody harm Take your vacation By the mountains or the sea Don't swap that old car for a car Better stay right where you are You had better take this tip from me Cause I read it in the warnings every day, and the headlines on the papers only say, If you ain't got the door me boy, if you ain't got the door me, then I go on back to beautiful Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Georgia, Texas, to live in' see but believe it or not you won't find it so hard if you ain't got the tools in need
2: That was the Lumpens. The Lumpens, the uh, house band of the Black Panther Party from a a concert they gave in 1967. Before that, we had Bob Dylan himself singing You Ain't Got the Do Re Mi, Don't Even Bother Coming. And that's the message that uh, we're sending to people coming to our border people who are on the run from terrorist governments whose government policy was formed by the US the uh, well Salaya, the, the head of the government the elected governor of the elected president of Honduras who was run out of Office by Hillary Clinton and company. Same with Haiti. We had Aristide, and we put Aristide on a plane and got him out of there because we didn't like his governing. Now, we're trying to do the same thing to Nicolas Maduro. Maduro, who, a working-class guy, and the U.S. has just sort of, and a lot of other countries, have sort of given the whole power over it. That they have an influence over to a new young guy, a a well-to-do guy, a conservative who will do business. And, of course, it's the three-letter word that we're there for. Oh, we're against dictatorship. Hey, what about Saudi Arabia? Where some women got sort of the right to drive in Saudi Arabia but no, we're working with them they can kill they can the the prince of Saudi Arabia can kill a journalist right in front of everybody everybody knows who did it everybody knows when and how it happened but yet and still we don't like this guy in Venezuela I wonder how our how our stance affects the way people see us all over the world. And before that, we had West End Blues, West End Blues by Louis Armstrong. This is The B, and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street, here in the Meadow Meadow, the very heart of the Mission District. A complete, well-rounded... Community Arts Center Featuring 50 comics 45 shows 5 days The 4th annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival March the 1st Through March the 5th Showtime's advance tickets And more information available at www.mutinyradio.fm And like I say, we're here on 2781 21st Street in San Francisco. Come on down. It's an event, a comedy event like no other. Hosted by the redoubtable Pam Benjamin, our station manager. And one of the real powers, one of the real influence influences in the Underground comedy scene here in San Francisco. Pam Benjamin, hope to see you there. All right, let's put on a little music. A thing, take a little break.
3: It ain't got that swing. Oh, Strong All you got to do is sing.
2: Edward Kennedy Hillington.
3: It makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Just give that rhythm everything you've got. Yes, don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. <laughs> it don't mean a thing, don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing, boy. I said don't mean a thing And all you got to do is sing Like Nah, it makes no difference If it's sweet or hot Just to give that rhythm Everything you got Oil Don't mean a thing, boy If it ain't That a swinger Take it, show <laughs>
2: Okay, we're back and I want to um, focus on the strike in Matamoras where Mexican maquiladora workers um, have organized uh, around a bunch of wildcat strikes and won concessions from the maquiladora owners. Here's David Bacon.
11: Let's listen to this. Um, auto companies. So there are um, about 70,000 people um, working those factories. All of the factories are foreign-owned factories. And this goes back to 1964 when the Mexican government initiated what was called the Border Industrial uh, Industrialization Program in which it created incentives for foreign companies to um, set up factories on the border um, so long as they produce, what they produced was not sold in Mexico, but instead was um, brought back and sold in the U.S. So, you know, if you buy auto parts at your local AutoZone store, you know, they come from a factory called AutoLive, which is one of the factories that was on strike in Maramoros. Um, so, the uh, the strike itself... Um, Really, the origins of this strike um, lie with the election of Andrés Manuel López Obrador as president of Mexico. Um, López Obrador, um, who ran for Mexico, Mexican president, um, twice before and was robbed of victory by electoral fraud, um, finally won in July of last year and was sworn into office on December the 1st. And when he was sworn into office, among the various things that he promised people in Mexico, especially working people in Mexico, he said that he would double the minimum wage on the border. The minimum wage on the border um, at um, at the time that he, he made this promise was 88 pesos a day. That's about f- roughly $4.60, $4.70. The, um, so he said that he would double that minimum wage, to which made it about $9, a little over $9 an hour. And when um, he, after he'd been sworn into office on January 1st, he lived up to that promise and issued a decree um, doing that. The factory owners in Maramoros... Um, said that they would not raise the wages of the workers uh, when the workers asked about this. Um, They said that, well, you're already making the wage that Lopez Obrador is promising, 176 pesos a day. the tr- the problem was that the factory owners were cheating in how they were calculating the workers' wages, because in the maquiladoras, in these four known factories, and there are about two million people that are working in these factories all along the border, um, the factory owners pay a ba- what's called a base wage, which is this minimum wage, which is about 80 to 90 pesos a day. And then on top of that, workers earn um, bonuses for various things, for attendance, for production, um, for transportation, for things like that. And those bonuses actually make up about half of what Um, workers bring home at the end of the day so people are completely dependent on these bonuses and and just to put things in perspective Dennis um you know those wages would sound pretty low to um people listening um to the show today and people might think well okay but but the prices in Mexico are lower too that's not true Actually, on the border, the price of a gallon of milk is higher in Mexico than it is on the U.S. side of the border. So it takes somebody working in one of these factories, it takes maybe half a day to earn enough money to pay for a gallon of milk. So people are living in really abysmal conditions. People are living in barrios and neighborhoods where um, there are no paved streets, where people don't have sewer service, where people have to rob electricity from the electrical lines. Um, you know, things are really, people are living on the edge. And so, um, When Lopez Obrador made that promise, it had a a great impact on people, you know, because people saw the prospect that their wages might increase by, um, you know, a very significant amount. So when the factory owners in Matamoros told the workers that they weren't going to raise the wages, workers began organizing wildcat strikes and walking out in the first part of January. And their anger was so great that um, they eventually, these these strikes began to mushroom. In Matamoros, workers are um, belong to a union that's called a protection union, a unit of the Confederation of Mexican Workers. And the reason why it's called a protection union is because Uh, it really exists more to keep the wages low and to provide an incentive, a low-wage incentive for um, big corporations to invest in building factories along the border. So, um, but that union does exist there. And those wildcat strikes that began taking place at the beginning of January uh, mushroomed to such an extent that they forced this kind of company union to declare an official strike on January 24th, and by January 24th, about 40,000 workers had gone on strike in 47 maquiladoras um, throughout Matamoros, throughout the city. Um, So that um, really paralyzed (laughs) Matamoros. It paralyzed the industry, it paralyzed the city, um, and finally the factory owners started Giving in to the workers' demands. And so the workers,, um, because of you know what the owners were saying about you know they're not having to um, raise the wages workers um demands eventually became a demand for a twenty percent wage raise and for an a, bon- a bonus payment of thirty two thousand pesos per worker. and the factory owners began paying it. And so now there are only really three maquiladoras left that are still on strike, and workers have won their strike in all of the rest of the maquiladoras, It spread, it spread not only to these foreign-owned factories, but the Coca-Cola bottling plant went on strike. You know, the plant that bottles uh, milk for um, stores in, in Matamoros, they went, that, that um, plant went on strike. So it is spreading throughout the city, and of course, what Um, Factory owners are really afraid of, and big corporations are really afraid of, is that it's going to spread beyond Matamoros, and I think it will. I think that workers in other cities along the border are going to, first of all, see what workers in Matamoros were able to win, and also, you know, they listened to Lopez Obrador make that promise. Um, On December 1st as well, too. And I think that these strikes are likely to spread all the way along the border to Tijuana, to Juarez, to um, the other cities employing these two million workers.
2: Wow, that's a huge story. Again, uh, we're speaking with David Bacon. He is the author of With L- uh, Lopez Obrador in Thousands of Workers Walk Out. We're talking about an effective strike by the maquiladores along the U.S. Mexico border. His uh, piece appears in The American Prospect. That's the February 6th edition. Uh, so that's brand new. And what's amazing to me is that there's this whole other world going on at the border in terms of the U.S. and Mexico and commerce and all this stuff all right that was uh Dave Bacon and talking about a strike in Mexico a successful strike in Mexico and uh, the victory of tens of thousands of maquiladora workers. All right, let's listen now to radio labor. Yes, I have that he is trying. All right, let's stop this and pause this. Pardon me. Here we go. Radio Labour.
12: Day, February 8th, 2019. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, British unions tell the Prime Minister to take no-deal Brexit off the table now. The ILO renews its maternity protection program with a five-point plan. The Labour Start report about union events and singing.
13: Shall not be we shall, we shall not, not be moved. moved just like a tree. A tree That's planted about the wall. water. We shall not be moved.
12: This is Radio Labor. In the United Kingdom. The Conservative government finally decided to talk to labor unions about the country leaving the European Union. Brexit, as the process has been dubbed, is scheduled to take place on March 29th. It comes some two years after a referendum in which 48.1% voted to remain in the EU and 51.9% voted to leave. Recently, the Prime Minister of the country, Theresa May, invited labor leaders to 10 Downing Street to discuss the way ahead, including the possibility of a no-deal exit. There have been predictions that if the UK leaves the EU without a deal, there would be dramatically negative consequences for the country's workers. Frances O'Grady is the General Secretary of the British Trades Union Congress. She spoke to the media after her meeting with the Prime Minister.
14: I came here to listen to the Prime Minister in good faith. The TUC and trade unions have been looking for a deal that will protect people's jobs, that will protect workers' rights now and into the future, and of course defend the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, I listened. We didn't get the guarantees that we need. I think the Prime Minister should do the right thing, As a sign of good faith, she should take no deal off the table so that more genuine dialogue can take place. So we needed a deal that would guarantee workers' rights into the future. And these matter to people. This is about maternity rights, holiday rights, health and safety, you know, rights that really matter in everyday lives. We didn't get the guarantees that we need. The prime minister needs to send a signal that she is serious about substantive changes to her red lines but so far she hasn't dropped any red lines in fact she's added to them the prime minister frankly has to stop playing to the bad boys at the back of the class and start listening to where i think Uh, parliament is which is wanting no deal off the table and more time for genuine talks to take place but get on to the priorities that matter to people in Britain working people in Britain who have had 10 years of austerity rubbish Living standards and want a change. Frankly, we want to get on to dealing with some of the real problems that this country faces. You know, we've got an NHS in crisis. We haven't got enough money for our schools. Uh, We've got real problems in local communities and towns that feel they've been held back for too long. But we're not going to get on to that unless we get this guarantee that working people are going to be put first for a change, and that has to be the Prime Minister's. Priority for the deal.
12: Another Labour leader who attended the meeting with the Prime Minister is Len McCluskey, the General Secretary of Unite the Union. Unite is the largest union in the UK.
15: She should recognise that the trade unions are the largest uh, voluntary sector body in our society. Uh, we represent organised labour and, of course, organised labour plays such a major, major role in the creation of wealth in our societies. So I'm a general secretary of a trade union and, you know, I don't know if 60% of my members may have voted remain, 40% may have voted leave. In my opinion, I mean, uh, two main reasons why People voted leave. One is uh, the the forgotten towns and cities that have been deindustrialised, nothing put in its place, a precarious work, zero hour contracts, and you can go all over the country, in particular in the north, but not just in the north, all over uh, our nation, the Midlands, the, the the southwest, where that has happened. And the other major reason is the concern about migrant labour um, and. The Conservative Party, for me, have done nothing, the governments have done nothing to address either of those issues. What is the industrial policy, the industrial strategies to reinvest in those forgotten areas? Nothing. All over the world, pregnant workers face health
12: problems at the workplace and not enough time off work to care for themselves and their children. Radio Labour's C. Marie Ainsborough reports.
4: The International Labour Organization is intensifying its efforts to support maternity protection at work. The ILO is the UN agency which focuses on matters of work in the world. It has 187 member states. Its primary task is to develop international laws called conventions and recommendations on how to implement those conventions. The organization is operated in a tripartite manner with representatives of governments, employers and labour unions. It is strongly supported by the international labour movement. One of the ILO's most recent campaigns focuses on maternity protections. It has produced a video on the subject.
8: Maternity protection at work. It is everyone's business. Decent work is much more than just any work. It is the root of social cohesion and the trigger for poverty and inequality reduction in all societies. Maternity protection is a fundamental right at work that is a benefit to each of us. It is essential to guarantee that the work women do does not pose risk to the health of the woman and her child, and on the other hand, that women's reproductive role does not compromise their economic and employment security. Maternity protection standards are set by two key instruments, the Convention 183 and the Recommendations 191. What is maternity protection? One, health protection at the workplace. Two, paid maternity leave. Three, medical benefits. Four, protection of employment and non-discrimination. Five, breastfeeding arrangements at work. One, health protection at the workplace. Pregnant women should perform work in an environment that is safe for their health and the health of the child. They should not be exposed to working conditions or substances at the workplace that might pose risks during maternity. 2. Paid maternity leave Maternity leave should not be less than 14 weeks, including a 6 weeks compulsory leave after childbirth to guarantee the mother's and the baby's health and well-being. The loss of income resulting from maternity leave should be compensated through cash benefits. The cash benefit should be at least equal to two-thirds of previous earnings and can be extended to 100%. The paid maternity leave should be financed through compulsory social insurance or public funds, not by the employer alone. Payment by the employer alone increases female labour costs, which in turn generates discrimination practices against women at work. Contributions to a social insurance fund must be made for all working men and women. At a low cost, paid maternity leave ensures that the woman can maintain herself and the child in proper conditions of health and with a suitable standard of living, benefiting the society as a whole. 3. Medical Benefits Timely access to quality health care, including prenatal, childbirth and postnatal medical care are essential to guarantee healthy lives and maintain productivity at work. Four. Protection of employment and non-discrimination. In order to safeguard the employment of pregnant workers and to combat all forms of discrimination against women on the ground of maternity, women have the right to return to the same job or an equivalent one with the same pay after their leaves and national laws must forbid dismissal on the ground of maternity and its consequences. Five, breastfeeding arrangements at work. Breastfeeding women should have the right to one or more paid daily breaks or paid reduction in working time for the purpose of breastfeeding. Maternity protection at work is a right for all women in both formal and informal economy and a benefit to the entire society. By protecting health and safety of the mother and the child and guaranteeing gender equality, maternity protection contributes to improve child nutrition and early child development and to build a healthy and productive workforce, which contribute to economic growth and development of the nation. Maternity Protection at Work, it matters to everyone.
4: For more information about the ILO's Maternity Protection at Work program, Visit www.ilo.org. Here with his report about union events around the
12: world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder.
16: Here's a tiny sample of the hundreds of union news stories in 31 languages that were added to our site each day last week. Our top story section included links to coverage of why teachers in Zimbabwe are striking, despite the threat of violence from the police and army there, and new threats on the lives of Guatemalan union leaders. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Journalists at the Public Broadcaster in Guinea-Bissau were off the job to protest their unpaid wages. Garment workers in the Philippines shut down their sewing machines to demand that their employer recognize their union. Spanish taxi drivers blocked traffic in an anti-Uber protest that lasted an entire day. Mali was without bread for a day last week as bakers demanded permission to raise the price of their loaves. Unpaid for months, university workers in Zambia stopped work this week. Greek unions on the island of Lesbos held a one-day strike to demand the closure of a refugee camp that is notorious for its terrible living conditions and for routine human rights violations. Two million Indian state government employees struck but were forced back to work by legislation. The same challenge faced Kenyan nurses as they continued their long-running struggle for a living wage and the enforcement of agreements their union has previously reached with government. When a third round of wage talks failed, German steel workers began a series of warning strikes early this week. The successful strikes in the Maquiladora zones of Mexico have more workers joining in. Retail workers in Hungary were off work, demanding a wage increase. The Congolese public sector continued to experience a series of rotating strikes across all sectors as workers struggled to obtain wage increases after years of austerity. And Swiss police officers were refusing administrative duties in an effort to win a wage increase. Our top working women stories included coverage of the steep rise in the number of assaults on women journalists in Ukraine, a Colombian court decision which improves job security for domestic workers, and the celebrations in Glasgow, Scotland, after an amazing pay equality victory. The free health and safety newswire we offer in cooperation with Hazards magazine carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the safety strike by Indian transport workers and how financial worries affect the mental health of underpaid British retail workers. Currently, Labour Start is running eight online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting
12: for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer, Joe Glazer, with Roll the Union On.
13: We shall not be, we shall not be moved, we shall not be, we shall not be moved, just like a tree that's planted by the water, we shall not be moved. The union is behind us. We, we shall, shall not be moved. The union is behind us. We shall not be moved just like a tree. A tree. That's by a battle. We shall not, not be moved. And we'll build a mighty union. We shall not be moved. We'll build a mighty union. We shall, we shall not, not be moved just like a tree. A tree. That's by a battle. We shall not be moved. And we shall not be, we shall not be moved. We shall not be, we shall not be moved. Just like a tree, that's part of our Lord. We shall not be moved. We're gonna roll, we're gonna roll, we're gonna roll, we're gonna roll, we're gonna roll. We're gonna the, roll. roll. the union. Belongs. We're gonna roll, we're gonna roll. We're gonna
12: And that's it. International labor news you can use. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.
17: The couple of mom, they all pack they shit up and shut this motherfucker down, nigga. Who do y'all think y'all playing with? Mexico, man. This is what black people need to be on, man. I swear to God, I love this shit. They are packing, they sit up and shutting this motherfucker, huh? Uh, oh, my mama, all that shit. <laughs> they are not bullshit. They backed up, yeah I see it's over Them motherfuckers now packed up and pipped They thought they was gonna play with these Amigos And they said, oh yeah we rise together homie. And they leaving And they not doing shit Take this in man, look at this man They shut this big motherfucker down today man We all going home man The S.A's, look ain't no grinding, cutting, welding This motherfucker dead ass quiet the Mexicans shut this motherfucker down, nigga, said, fuck you, bitch, and Willie, really, and Billy, really, this, this is what I'm talking about, baby, I swear to God, they got me re-geeked really up on oh, my Malcolm Back shit, on oh, my mama, nigga, fuck the bullshit, nigga, look at this, they shut this bitch down, they pissed them off, nigga, they said, fuck you, we out, we not working no more today, kiss my ass, nigga, I'll let y'all tomorrow on oh, my mama, that's crack, look, Ain't nobody here We're just cleaning up We're going home It's over with the SAs, nigga Fuck it Go to the crib Go to the Go to the casa Hasta luego Muy bien you swear to God
18: With the hours that I keep. See, I work until the sunrise, and at noon I'm still asleep. Mm-hmm. So if you feel alone, you can call my phone.
2: last sets before we get out of here. Working the day shift with you. Labor and Love Radio. I'm the B and I want to remind you again about the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. A big event in the underground comedy movement here in San Francisco. Let me get the flyer. And I'll read it off to you. 50 comics, count them, 50 45 shows 5 days of comedy here in San Francisco Showtime's advanced tickets and more information available at www.mutinyradio.fm here at 2781 21st Street the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival March 1st through March 5th. That's just uh, a couple weeks away. Three weeks. Working class history. Okay. History isn't made by kings and politicians. It's made from uh, by all of us. Working class history. On this day, February 9th, 1912, a group of women workers in Gundry's net and rope factory in Bridgeport, Dorset, staged a wildcat strike over pay and conditions. They walked around the town singing suffragette songs and collected money for a strike fund. They refused arbitration from the local MP and returned to work the following week after a London trade union official came down to sign them up and settle the dispute. On this day, February 9, 2007, Alejandro Finisterre, an anarchist poet and inventor of the Spanish version of football, died in Zamora, Spain. He invented the game following injury during the Spanish Civil War. And revolution so injured children could still play football. This day, February 8, 1912, the San Diego free speech fight began when a 5,000 strong march against the ban on public meetings was disrupted by police who made 41 arrests. Struggle would see one of the earliest recorded uses of fire hoses being turned on protesters. Oh, a historical event, huh? Frequent police beatings and shootings and the use of hundreds of vigilantes who tortured hundreds of members and supporters of the radical industrial workers of the World Union. Got a lot of those, so check it out, Working Class History. Lift every voice and sing. Let's listen to it. Let's go out with Aretha Franklin. This is The B, and this is The Labor and Love Show, The show where we tell you how it is if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for Someone else worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the table, the negotiating table where you work, you're on the menu. Never but never let anyone into your heart who is not a friend of labor. Hello, Selena. Hello, Vita. Hello, so- Hello, everybody out there. You know who you are. Have a good week and good work. This is the Beast signing off. Lift every voice. Get Aretha Franklin?
19: I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. Asiento. <laughs> Asiento. Take a seat at Asiento on Twenty First and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink.
20: Everybody should listen to Muni Radio at radio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things
4: Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control Brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs And mind-bending local bands and shows At venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area
22: But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak ceiling. Yes. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Black Black,
1: Black Black Classic. Mutiny Radio. Black Black Classic. Mutiny Radio.
16: Count down. Ten seconds to firing.
9: Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. One. Let's leave
18: Chicago.
13: of space is here. And, and now, RCA Victor brings you sound in space. Rolling down the pure Highway, the big nest right at my side and the winds blowing hot from the north We were born to ride Roll down the wind Put down the top Crank up the beats for us, baby Don't let the music stop We gon' ride it till we Just can't ride it no more
3: From the side, baby